0: John's just sharing his tea, so welcome everyone to the Coaching to Flourish podcast, and I'm your host, Raj Anderson, Executive Life Coach and Coach Assessor, and I'm here with John Andrew Williams, Founder of Coach Training EDU. How are you, John?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We just went through a pretty uh, intense team meeting where we we looked at the whole logistics from even picking a start class date to how, how do we you know, onboard people, like from front to finish, all of the processes. It's wildly more complex than I even thought. I mean, I knew it was complex, but so we spent an hour and 50 minutes doing that. So I'm coming right from that. So my brain is very full of logistics systems. I'm psyched. I feel like we're gonna be able, we are going to be able to streamline some things, but there's there's no way around it. It's It's a whole operation, a logistical operation to do what we do. So... That's my day so far.
0: <laughs> what would be great to share with the audience today about what's happening at coach training EDU? you? Uh,
1: I think that there's a lot of, I have a lot of compassion for, for organ- like businesses and organizations that are trying to do something or you know doing anything really. Like how many of the pieces that need to be put in place in order for, for even small things to happen. Uh, I think any coach who's starting your own organization or business, there's a balance point between Okay, I'm doing this myself, and I, I remember back when I I hired my very first like person to help. It was a big deal because it's a big risk because now you're paying someone to help you like run your schedule, run different things, and you know at first it was like 10 hours a week, then it was 20, and then it was the first full time. So I feel like there's there's you know Coach Training at Edu has been built organically. It's been built you know bootstrapped from the very beginning, and you know getting to this process here. I I feel like it happens in stages, right? And like, what got you here won't get you there kind of thing. So uh, for those new coaches who are starting out, building your business and practice, I would enjoy, just enjoy that first couple, you know, this first year or maybe two years where it's just you and maybe one other person, like just savor that. Because once you start getting into three, four, you know, more people, uh, I feel like I'm spending a lot of time now working on building the business and building the organization than I am doing the actual coaching and training and, and the the work of you know research. But I mean, I may, I'm able to keep my research self alive, which is lovely, but my training self, it needs to be fed. <laughs> it's not, I need to get back to it. I mean, I, I, I yearn for it. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know what, I'm just rambling at this point, but I feel like that's, yeah. I, message to coaches savor that time because it's it is lovely and I, I often look back with great fondness of, of that time period
0: and it might be that you want to stay in that place i mean growth looks different for different people doesn't it
1: i dream about it sometimes like, what if <laughs> we just stayed there <laughs> it's i mean it's it was a conscious choice it was a choice of the you know, there are some things that need to be changed there there is there are elements of structural change that needs to happen if we are really going to accomplish this goal accomplish this change accomplish what we're envisioning then I, you know we need to have the resources of an organization in order to do that so organization building is what I had to learn and from the standpoint of is it useful for me to learn this and know this absolutely like it's and, and so so a lot of it is giving yourself grace of realizing, okay, if you're doing something that you've never done before, mistakes are going to be made. So embrace them, you know, go for those mistakes. It doesn't make sense to try to avoid them completely. Otherwise, you won't do anything. So yeah, that's what I'm feeling.
0: How, how would a coach know whether their business should be expanded to that level or whether they should kind of stay where they're at?
1: I don't know I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like I might not even be doing it right. you know what I mean like that's the like you know what I mean I just don't know. I think that sometimes there's elements of of uh let me try something out if it works great if it doesn't it does you know try something different um, One thing I've I've heard and I, I believe this is like higher when it hurts like hire when it's like okay like we this is becoming such a big problem i need to actually get someone here to help like that help that's helpful too but then no like it initially takes more work when you hire someone you have to it's not like they instantly help you have to actually put more work into getting them onboarded and doing all those things it's it's not a balm that instantly heals it's more like um you know two to three weeks at best then you start breaking even again on your energy and then you know hopefully a month you start you know getting that energy back so oh, i have whole, yeah i feel like it's been a whole education in and of itself business building for sure
0: yeah well for me as well i mean outsource the things you don't enjoy like my taxes <laughs> for a start you know i have an accountant i outsource those things we have a great relationship even in the home you know, for me, I really think about where do I want to put my energy? What are the things that are important? How do I want to harness my time? So, you know, cleaners that come in or somebody that comes to do the garden, I don't enjoy those things unless I'm actually planting something and it's not hours and hours of the messy things. But it's for me, it's the same in business as well. There, are, As you're saying, there's a lot of operational things sometimes you have to initially put the work in, but I always ask myself, what are these pieces that I can outsource? All the things I don't do that well, you know, then they're, they're not my forte and what will help me get back to the coaching. Right. This is why I love these conversations with you. It, just, it keeps it current, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. I, so uh, we've been playing with this idea of what if we crafted playbooks for our whole household? Like, you know what i mean like the idea of can we create a a, a system and procedure so the one i've been creating the, like recently has been watering plants like how do i can i outsource watering plants <laughs> <laughs> i love them but i mean literally it takes me like if i were to do this like it would take me like two hours at least a week mm-hmm. and i'm like oh man why why but i love them i love them anyway
0: Or you have these fake plants that I have. Uh, uh, (laughs) Ah, I hear that.
1: I I know what I'm getting you for your birthday next.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have one out there that is still alive, John. I haven't killed them all. (laughs) I'm
1: going to give you 10 (laughs) plants.
0: Okay, so we're talking about kind of expansion and vision and growth. And we had a question come in from somebody who said, i saw the let's life coach video with oprah what are the steps or are there steps that i can take to discover my own truest highest expression
1: yeah i love that question i've been thinking about it too and it hit me last week as i was really deeply thinking about this and uh, the idea that I've been playing with is that it's not a question that has a finite answer, but the whole point is to ask the question again and again. Like in this moment, what is the truest, highest expression of self? And I think the answer changes. But it gets like coaching. It's not. It's not. It's not that coaching. You know, when you are coached you say something out loud and you have an insight and that insight is so powerful that finding it somehow changes the rest of your life forever. You know, it, it, it can have an impact forever, sure. But it's more the practice of asking yourself these inquisitive, curious, powerful questions again and again in different circumstances, in different places, uh, at different times. And so that to me is is amazing like so i don't think that there is uh a whole list of steps as opposed to there's one consistent step and that consistent step is to ask yourself that question as an inquiry rinse and repeat
0: how does somebody make that a regular practice of being curious i mean it's who you are john right it's part of your life what if it's not part of someone's life how can they make it a regular practice
1: mm. yeah i mean i had a really funky day sunday where i just felt like not not good and moist was like you're you're doing your thing again i'm just gonna let you have your day of funk you know and feel good she's like you know give yourself a day or two like she's like i've no she's learned like not to like try to push me out of it just like you got to feel the feels of the pressure of everything right feel it in that sense i think there's a certain there's a way to be gentle with yourself too like what we talked about last week like self-love self-care those kinds of things like where there's just an awareness like yeah if you're doing something hard something you've never done before You're going to, you know, if you're doing something worth doing, like in the sense of it's challenging, there's opportunity for failure. Um, And even the idea of flow, like in order for us to experience flow, there has to be an opportunity for failure. That's amazing. That's like, that is so, it's so much. You can give yourself so much grace. So in that funky day, did I think to myself, you know, What's my truest, highest expression? <laughs> it's so hard, it's so hard. But that's that's the deal, is you have to create structures around it. You have to create ways to remind yourself to do that. So is it sticky notes? Is it vision recordings? Is it a vision board? Is it a reminder on your phone that pops up every hour? Is it designing relationship with people around you, that the people around you are also doing it too, so that. Or like you, you know people around you say, "Hey, what's your truest highest expression right now? It's creating these structures and systems. and I think this this is the real work. Like this this is work of, you know we talk a lot about a lot about you know, and if you're trying to initiate flow, um, having like a routine like a morning routine or a ritual to go through or a series of steps or sequences that you do every single time, these are really valuable tools.
0: Structures and systems. So, and systems. yeah. I'm
1: curious, what do you do, Raj? Because I mean, I, I mean, we've, we've talked about our own set, separ- you know, different tools.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, what really helped for it to stick was the structures and systems. So, I have a reminder in the morning that pops up um, around about seven thirty. But that's the first time I touch my phone as well, because phones are not allowed in the bedroom they are plugged in the laundry room. So that's not the first thing we kind of pick up or see. <clears throat> so there, is, there is a question that I'll see when I pick up the phone. And it changes at different times, I kind know of different season, there is a different question or it might be an affirmation, you know. At, at the moment for me is I am strong and healed because health mm. is really important for me this year. So it, it's that reminder. Uh, Yet yeah, before I get out of bed, I will meditate. So I like to meditate for about ten minutes. I do some breathing. I'm doing a new one at the minute because I'm into Ayurveda. So I'm doing um, empty bowl meditation, That's which is cool. just releasing and letting go. Um, yeah, any overthinking or you know starting to think about oh what's ha- going to happen this day helps me to to sit in that space. So meditation. I like to think about what is my intention for the day. I like to journal actually, but at the end of the day, I like to journal at night. So I've got journals everywhere. like hundreds of journals. I carry a journal in my bag, journaling, being curious about myself. I was talking to somebody last week and I was saying about, um, it's becoming a student of yourself, isn't it? And then you become an expert of yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you think, John?
1: Little known, little known fact about me <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this yet but or uh, but the idea uh, when I was 13 I attended a uh, I don't know some lecture and in there the person who was speaking said, hey you should write a, you, you know one thing is really useful is to keep a journal so I, I did from the age of 13 to around the age of 20 seven years. I kept a journal. I wrote in that journal every day for at least 30 minutes.
0: Wow.
1: Like, like every day. I mean, I was every, you know, skip a day, maybe. So I had this, like 12, you know, those spiral bound notebooks that have like 200 sheets in them, 250 sheets, stuff like that. I had 12 of them. So then when I was 27, so I stopped. So Metamoist when I was 19, and I stopped because I realized I transferred all of the communication with the journals to Amois uh, and didn't need, you know, didn't need to, didn't feel the need to write in them as much. And I still kept one, but it was like maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks, like whatever. But then uh, our first child's being born. We're 27. And I, I'm looking at these things thinking, you know what? I need it. I need it to be released. So I recycled them all. I recycled oh, 12, I've read like 12,000 like 12, pages of journals, like just poof, like let me tell that in my, <laughs> poof, gone. Wow. I remember the moment when the recycling guy came, the recycling truck came by, and I was watching it. I remember the very clearly watching this thing get, you know, these journals get taken. And uh, it was like uh, a bucket of freedom you know, with like a little drop of regret. Mm -hmm. And I think it needed to be released. I needed to write them in the moment and to put them down and to like go there. But then I think I also needed the freedom to be and to allow my past not to be tied to an object. And I was telling my daughter, who's now 15, this she now gives journals too she's like "Dad, I can't believe you did this i'm like me neither i can't
0: believe you either you know yeah raj why was it important to release it john
1: She was being you know it's like my my daughter was being born you know like and then i didn't have a side you know i don't i don't even want to have to keep track of them you know Mm -hmm. i don't want to in the back of my mind think okay they're here or there or you know because it was pretty you know we're talking 15 to 20 you know 13 to 20 every day documentation of activities it's not like anything terrible or bad it just was i think it became an, a thing of you know it was a structure in the moment for me to process what was going on and there there's this thing now too i guess they call them burn books or burn journals Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Like in the car, she's saying that there's this thing where you can buy a journal and it has matches with it. And then you're supposed to write everything in it and then burn it Mm. kind of thing.
0: That's quite cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, all of that to say, like, do I regret you know letting them go probably like i wish i'd cu- been able to have the time to curate and pick out different things of it and like you know truly curate it and like make like a just huge like i could make a book of that like it'd be a big crazy document but it's again like going through all that i don't know it's a lot of work i have other work to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing that john <laughs> yeah. I don't have that many journals backdated or anything. I do. I kind of, I release them on a, every couple of years. So.
1: Really? You, you recycle them as well? Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. I'm yeah. impressed. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I've met many people who recycle their journals.
0: Yeah. Wow. I did one time. I went back and read some things and I didn't even recognize myself. Wow. And then there were some things that were really painful that I actually didn't really want to revisit. I'm like, that's not who I am now. So I I don't want to sit in sadness.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the idea. You have to like that. That was, that's where I was at. I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I gotta let this go.
0: Absolutely. So John, another question for you. How do I find the value in who I am without tying my worth to my job and what I do?
1: Mm. I know, that's another idea that's been we were playing with i i think it's the idea of worth i mean it seems like it's at the bottom of almost every coaching session i don't know about you roger like do you feel yeah i mean am i worthy it seems to be a a universal question I don't know. I, I feel like we as a family have been playing with this idea that like when someone does something like incorrect or not, you know, not thoughtful, like, you know, to to call them out in the real time, like your your worth is not attached to this. Um, we've been doing that for maybe, you know, it's been a while now. We've been playing with that idea. It's interesting when you catch yourself or I'm like, I'm finding like when I catch myself in that too, like, oh, I miss putting out the reverse like, miss putting out the recycling you know mm-hmm. this morning like oh my worth is not tied to that again i feel like these things are a lot like uh, like the affirmations i feel like they they are something that needs to be repeated over and over again like an example that sticks out in my mind and i've shared this many times i think is uh there was something going on where i was feeling like something business-wise i forget exactly what it was uh, but i remember uh, i was going out in the backyard and i wanted to make a new garden bed and I, mean, I grew up in southwest pennsylvania like i worked on farms like in the summertime like you know, digging ditches in pennsylvania is not very fun you hit rocks all the time and whatever so here i am in oregon doing the same thing and i remember there with a shovel and every time i stuck the shovel in the earth and would turn it over i found myself having to repeat again like the idea like, you know, you can do this or, you know, you got this or, you know, stay in gratitude or I forget whatever the mantra was. But it was almost like my mind and whole being wanted to go back into that hard place. And I had to say it again and again and again. And it was so therapeutic to have like the 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 action of just turning over the earth. Like, I'd say it again. Oh, turning over the earth. Oh, that, that's coming as like this wild ping pong match. And I feel like that's sometimes what we have to do in order to allow our subconscious or the lizard mind or limbic brain or whatever you want to call it, like to allow that part of our brain that's always operating, always judging, is judging ourselves harshly almost all the time, like to love that part of us because it keeps us safe. It's like it's a necessary part of what we're doing. It needs to be treated with love too. And the only way I know how to treat it with love is just by like just giving it a hug again and again, saying it's okay. Like, but that that image of, you know, creating a new garden bed really sticks with me. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm curious for yourself, Raj, like what what structures are, I'm kind of curious your response to that question too.
0: I think when you talked about being, that really helped. And um, an affirmation I actually created for myself with my coach a while back was, I deserve to be loved for who I am, not just for what I do. So have that on a sticky note as a reminder, you know, and some of this is tied up between, you know, kind of values and how I was brought up and expectations. And I was listening to a video recently where someone was talking about identity and how much of our identity can be tied up in almost being a workaholic or being exhausted you know and if i'm not overly exhausted does that mean that i haven't worked hard enough or you know am i being lazy so those are lots of things i've had to work through and what i love to to do on the program so i run a lot of women in leadership programs and we look at what does who am i as a leader you know who do i need to be versus what do i need to do And a while back, I started to create a being list versus a doing list. And that's helped me immensely because when I look at the being list and, you know, being empathetic, being calm, being courageous, being authentic. And I thought, let me look at those words. Actually, that's what I want to be in every environment, not just as a coach. Mm. or as mm-hmm. a trainer or as a consultant therefore if that's who i am then i can be free because that's not just tied to doing the coaching or doing the profession am I making sense right
1: right i tried making a being list i have tried to make them i'm i'm never i'm in awe of people who make them work I feel like there's magic in that, but yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's rad.
0: What stood out to you, Johnny, what I just shared there?
1: Uh, the idea that, um, the idea of being able to create and maintain a being list. I feel like that's, uh, I feel like it's, it, it ha- like, uh, feels like it has to be like a lot of trust in the process. Like you trust yourself in a deep way. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And, and for me, self-trust is connected to that self-worth. And it's, it's actually being able to love myself through the dark side as well as the light. Because I'm not, I want to be calm. I'm not always calm. <laughs> I'm not always patient. And there are times when I'm judgy, so how can I love that part of me and have grace whilst wanting to be in a place of being different? Right. That's cool. So, John, we've got a couple of minutes left. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go for it. Go for it. What words of wisdom do you have to close off today
1: yeah i mean i think the biggest thing is you know any any time you know you're trying to like going back to like the first one the truest highest expression you know I, i feel like anytime you're trying to do something that you've never done before you have to give yourself grace in Being able, like having an opportunity for failure, but also having pretty strong structures and systems to get yourself back to, you know, back to the work. And this idea of having an inquiry or having a structure to really ask yourself, like, what is your truest, highest expression? What is the part of you, like what part of you right now wants to express and be heard? And like, what is that? And how can that expression lift you up and others around you up? I feel like is a tremendous tool. You know, the thing that, uh, you know, for, for me, the, the two common answers when I ask that question are gratitude and to live excellently. This idea of doing doing the, doing the right thing, even if no one's really watching. Or you know, okay, yeah, like this is, you know, we have to do this thing. Like, okay. You know, like it's going to cost us time, energy, and money, but it is the right thing to do. So let's do it. That's not always easy at in the at the like, initial decision you know initial decision point, but it provides ease later on. And that later ease is so valuable, uh, and it becomes an upward feeding cycle. That's been my experience of answering that question again and again. For myself, and then gratitude. It always seems like gratitude is the answer for eighty percent of what we're dealing with. Um, was it there? Is I forget what it was. The a, uh, a fable. I forget which culture it came from. But there was a king who was looking for a piece of advice, like even when things were good or when things were bad. And the piece of advice centered around like still like just be grateful. Or something like that, or yeah, things were changed. But grateful for it in the moment. Um, I could be getting it completely wrong. <laughs> it sounds good. Sounds nice.
0: Yes. <laughs> and on that note, I am very grateful for this opportunity to just share this time with you, John, and everyone else that's listening. There is a real sense of calm here today, and I hope the audience is feeling it too. So if anyone's ever been afraid of doing a podcast or speaking their truth, I think with truth comes calm and peace of mind as well. I'm feeling it today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Raj. It's so much fun. This is a beautiful structure. I appreciate everyone who's tuning in and listening as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the questions.
0: We'll see you all next week. And I think we might have a look at some tools next week. So if you've got any questions around tools, coaching tools, send them across to us.
1: See.